Welcome to the Green Edge Podcast with Michael Cross and me, Fraser Harper. This is our weekly update for the week ending 9th of June 2023. In last week's podcast, we were introduced to two new briefings under the umbrella of the Climate Change Committee, one on the net zero workforce and the other on skills and net zero. And the second of those two briefings has this to say about further education. FE in the UK will play a pivotal role in delivering net zero through supporting both future workers and those in employment to develop the skills they will need to secure or retain employment or to transition into new roles. Over 80% of the workforce of 2030 is already in work today, highlighting the defining role that FE will play in upskilling and reskilling working aged people. Now, the briefing goes on to say that the FE sector is arguably the most important facet of the entire UK skills system in terms of meeting the very large skilled workforce demands of net zero in sectors such as the built environment, energy and transport. The tight labour market and increase in people aged between 50 and 64 who are not engaged in paid work mean FE facilitated pathways for supporting people to return to work will also be important in avoiding skills bottlenecks for net zero delivery. Now, in this week's post, we show a chart from the FT showing that over the past 12 years, there's been a decline in per student spending of something like 15% for FEs and 25% for sixth forms. And the projections for the next few years don't see much of an uptick in either of these. Michael, that's a bit alarming for net zero as well as the whole further education sector, I would have thought. It is, but not just for FE. If we walk into universities, whilst everyone talks about the headline fee for an undergraduate degree being 9250 that has been almost frozen. It is actually only worth in today's money about 6500 6600 And if you go into schools, it's exactly the same. So the spending per head has been fairly badly hit over the last 10, 12 years. And FE do not have the capability to have planable futures to some extent. They have a core funding, you could argue, around their sixth form work for GCSEs, retakes, and also for A-levels. And that makes up about half their income. The rest, they have to go out and compete for from multiple streams, be there from government, local government, and from business. And they need some planable future to allow them to invest and attract students. And financial part of that is a critical element. The other little comment I'd make here, if you take apprentices, out of every 10 apprentices that start, four drop out. And it is vital that they are given the tools to help raise that level of retention of apprentices. And we've heard recently that endpoint assessments might be part of that problem. Yes. Well, the CCC skills report goes on to say that many colleges, like the 25 colleges who have formed the Energy Skills Partnership in Scotland, are already creating courses to meet the specific sectoral or regional demands for rapid decarbonisation. And our post this week features a college in England that has gone a stage further and has built its own net zero training hub. City of Portsmouth College is a new college formed in 2021 from a merger of an FE college and a sixth form college in the city. And the facilities at its Net Zero Training Hub are pretty impressive, including a retrofit house for students to learn lean principles for retrofitting. 
But as Matt Phelps, the college's deputy principal of curriculum and quality, explained to us recently, the initial take-up of courses wasn't quite at the level they expected. We engaged with original manufacturing engineers and that was a really good move. And we had what we've now fondly called the showroom, where you've got all the latest gear and our students, adult learners and anybody else's stakeholders can come in, have a look, use it and see it. So it enriches our curriculum. But what it also does is give us the platform to build new curriculum, to use that equipment and create the connectivity with those manufacturing engineers. We were in practice going to go live in August, September 2022 for the new academic year. And we engaged Net Zero Training as part of the SDF funding to create this fantastic suite of courses, lots of really short, sharp courses, all of which was informed by local intel of what was needed. We had a suite of about 25 programmes that were created. Now, at the time of that curriculum being developed, there were no awarding organisations accrediting these programmes, but we were essentially asking commercial fee to be paid from employers. They were happy to do that. We'd had the feedback. Um, it was all in things like hydrocarbon, electric vehicle, introduction to retrofit. And we became, if you like, badged internally and externally as a foundation account. Academy. We have a curriculum that existed that was kind of level two and above. So we created the Foundation Academy and the idea being is that we had then then entrance into the centre and then they would choose a specialist pathway from the more generic training that had been done at the lower level. In theory, that was all fantastic. In practice, it didn't work quite as well. What actually happened is buyer behaviour, probably easiest way I can put it locally, isn't where it needs to be. There's no direct causation link at the moment. It's not obvious enough. And employers aren't using the terminology enough in their dialogue and they're not embedding it into job descriptions and various things in terms of employment opportunities. The second part of that, if I talk employed individuals who are reskilling and upskilling, the issue there is, is the behaviour of local, particularly construction contractors, is being led by the local authority. So the big Section 106 agreements, where we've got the big contractual bills like free ports, none of those at the moment in terms of the contractual awards have built within the conditions of contracting net zero principles. So if you're a contractor at the moment bidding to work on those sites, your staff don't need to be upskilled or reskilled or have the understanding of those disciplines. That is a problem. That is a problem, Michael. It is. Section 106 is fairly flexible and it is something that the local authorities can shape to meet local demand. Now, we've experienced that in Lambeth and Southwark with Richard Tyree and Good People, where it was helping unemployed people into work when the Shard was being built, for example. Now, there's nothing to stop Section 106 money being used in relation to net zero. And it would be great to see public procurement to have net zero clauses and expectations placed within them because the state spends large sums of money every year on multiple suppliers and is putting up multiple buildings and retrofitting them. And that should all have a net zero component. And implicit within the work from the Climate Change Committee and that of Dave Ray's advisory group was that net zero principles just should be embedded in absolutely everything they do. Well, let's hear from Matt Phelps again about what the college is doing about it. What we've had to do is think about our curriculum and really refine the offer. One thing we did do because of that is reflect inwardly. So we looked at where we might have gone wrong. And I think one of the things we did definitely do wrong is we use the term net zero. So what does net zero actually mean to somebody out on the street or an individual looking to get into a particular discipline? When we surveyed a lot of the local employers, it didn't mean a lot. And actually what did mean more were terms like retrofitting, carbon neutral, decarbonisation, they meant something. So actually some of it was language, which we quickly addressed. But also some of it was around the offer and the things that we had developed over that first year had been superseded very quickly by the awarding organisations accrediting qualifications. So we spent a lot of time and effort 
building a curriculum that was then very quickly superseded by another curriculum. So we had to go back to the well, rebuild, rebadge. We tightened it. And the main thing we did, which is probably the most key thing, is embed it into our actual curriculum areas. So rather than have it as a discrete team over here, sat outside of our mainstream curriculum, it now feeds straight through plumbing, electrical, construction, etc. So it's a really clear link, which we've established to our curriculum planning process this year. And that's already had a better traction than the year prior with local employers to employer advisory boards that we run. And Michael, we've heard this a few times now about net zero skills needing to be embedded in the more, shall we say, traditional trades and professions? Well, certainly. And if we look at the work of IFATE, in the greening of apprenticeships, that's exactly what they've been doing, rather than just create new ones around specific occupations. And it is true of all curriculum, resulting in any of the major trades where they need to acquire and understand and have the mindset of circular economy and not just net zero. And a reminder that you can find this week's post called, What is this net zero thing anyway? Actually, we think we know what it is by now on greenedge.substack.com. And you can also find this podcast on all the major streaming platforms, including Apple, Google and Amazon. Now, Michael, you're actually on vacation at the moment. What have you been reading while you're on holiday? Well, being a sad person, I've read two reports recently, one by Nesta that did a fairly large-scale survey of people who've installed heat pumps and other net-zero retrofit activity of their homes, and a second report from the Competition and Markets Authority looking at the advice surrounding retrofitting of homes. And both have a skill element to them. One thing that came through to me from the Nesta survey of users, as it were, was the vast majority of people were satisfied with both the work that was undertaken and the outcomes, which would tend to suggest the people doing that work were skilled. Now, the Competition Markets Authority is the reverse of that to some extent, because it was started on the basis that people were worried about people being bamboozled by slick-talking salespeople selling bits of technology that didn't actually deliver. And there, the skills component is the citizen acquiring some knowledge and understanding, and so working with some trusted advisors. And I see, like the City of Portsmouth College, their short courses could also cover citizens thinking about doing retrofitting. So they become much better asking the right questions. Now, Michael, you and I know each other pretty well. And I think it's safe to say you're not really a sad person. You have all the qualities of a man who's happy in his work. I'd like to think so. But being a Tottenham supporter, some days I have to question myself. Oh, that is sad. Thank you for listening to this Green Edge podcast. This podcast series accompanies the Green Edge newsletter, to which you can subscribe at greenedge.substack.com. The Green Edge is produced by Blue Mirror Insights.